All right, welcome to a new episode of the Overburden No More podcast. Today, I'm excited because I have a topic to talk to you about that I've never talked about before on this podcast, but I, from thinking about it, I know it's something that can overburden a lot, if not most of us. So today, we're going to talk about weight and body image. Now, I'm not an expert on this, and if you've ever seen me, you probably think that this isn't an issue for me, but it actually is. I will admit that I've been given certain set of genes that make it so that looks like weight has not an issue or a problem for me, but even though I haven't had a struggle with my weight, I do have a struggle with body image and my relationship with food, so I do have to pay attention to that, and how it affects the way I feel and the things that I do. And I don't understand all of why that happens. So I brought on an actual expert to talk about this today. I believe we're unique for a reason. When we use our gifts, we all benefit. When we compare ourselves with others, we feel overburdened. That's why I created this podcast, a weekly show about connecting to your time, your life, and yourself. My hope is that you'll leave not only believing in the dreams you feel pulled towards, but knowing you've had the ability within you to do them all along. Let's connect to our uniqueness and become overburdened no more. I'd like to introduce you to to Dara Thomason. Now, I will have her properly introduce herself in just a minute, but I want to tell you about how I met her. It was through a very a series of very fortunate events that we got to meet. I was attending a conference and I, the only person that I knew that was going to be there wasn't going to get there till a little later. And a very nice lady came up and talked to me and we went in and sat together. And it was through her that I met Dara. She, we ended up having lunch together for the two days of the conference and we did create a connection. And so I'm really excited to introduce you, her to you today. Another thing that I really love about her is that she just happens to be from the place that I served my mission in Canada. It's a beautiful area. And so that was just another way that we've connected and we've continued to connect. And I'm excited to introduce her to you. She's a weight loss coach and a quilter. So there again is something that I love. It makes us um, both someone that's obsessed with fabric. And so anyway, I'd like to introduce Dara to you on the podcast today. Dara, will you properly introduce yourself to my Yeah, well, that's a fun introduction. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm Dara Thomason, and I live on beautiful Vancouver Island. Um, I have five awesome children. I have two that are out of the nest, and I have three still at home, which is super fun. I have four sons and a daughter. I'm a wife, and I, so I was a school teacher for 10 years, and then I was a professional quilter and teacher. I actually have four published books um, with three on free motion quilting and one on perfection recovery. That's a big, big issue. And then I have now been a life and weight loss coach for the last uh, two and a half, three years. And so now I spend full time coaching women on, and my program is called Love Yourself Thin. And so I help women learn how to lose weight for the last time and never worry about putting the weight back on. So that is what I'm doing now. And so it is really fun to, especially the name of your podcast, about being overburdened. Uh, because what I do is I not only physically help women become unburdened, but through the work that they learn of how to physically come unburdened, they learn how to mentally. 
And just a little bit about me. So I, at 45, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I'd always kind of struggled with my weight, but I used exercise and a lot of willpower and a lot of mean talk to myself to get myself in order. Like I wouldn't get pregnant unless I lost the weight. And I was, I was pretty unkind to myself. Um, I didn't go into any like, like bulimia or anorexia, but I was very negative and, um, kind of was really strict with myself on eating and exercise. And then at 45, I had bursitis in my hip and I couldn't run anymore. And so I didn't have that secret weapon that really was a, not a very kind, um, thing for myself. And then my youngest son went to school. So I was, I, and I had literally like, I could count on my hands how many times I'd been in the house by myself with no kids. And so, um, I had a huge identity shift and change and we also had a relocation. And so I had to leave my long arm quilting business at home. So it all became online. So people mailed me quilts. So it was a very different, uh, I got my praise from different places and it was, it was a really hard time and I gained more weight than I, uh, had ever gained without being pregnant. And, I just didn't, didn't know what to do. And so in 2018, I got a life coach and she taught me tools on how to manage my brain and how to keep myself from not feeling so overwhelmed and overburdened and, and so, so harsh with myself. And I started the process. And in that process, I lost 50 pounds and the first 30 pounds, I did it from curiosity. And it was just like this, it was really, really surprising to me. And when I lost 30 pounds, I was so thrilled uh, because I was only six pounds away from my marriage weight. And I just couldn't believe it at this age with menopause and all the things that I could be this weight. Meanwhile, never counting any calories, never tracking any steps. And um, so as I just started uh, teaching, uh, quilting more and doing all that, I ended up losing 20 more pounds, not even realizing I could. And I've been able to keep that weight off for like three years. And it's just been an incredible journey. And so women were watching me on my YouTube and the classes I was teaching for quilting. And they said, I want what you're doing. I, I, I want to have this myself. And so that's when I decided to go all in on the weight loss. I love all of that so much. I could sit and talk to you about quite a few of those things that you said. Um, one of them that I wanted to ask you is that I was really struck by when you were saying like the way that you would talk to yourself, that you were mean talk and, the unkind self-talk. And that's something that we do talk about here on this podcast a lot. And one of the things that, you know, there's like this um, discussion out there about like, well, if I talk to myself too nicely, then I won't um, encourage myself to do it. Like it doesn't give me the encouragement. And then there's the other hand that says, if I give myself self-compassion, then loving myself um, and giving myself support will make me want to do that. So where did you find the way that, like, where do you fall in that? The, that, the, or the spectrum, yeah. the spectrum, yeah. The spectrum of that. And where do you, and how do you teach your people? Like, it's obviously it's not going to be on the one, but I'm just curious, where did you go from there? Well, there's a really fun story about the, the sun and the wind, and they had a competition. And the sun and the wind, the, they both were tr- deciding like who was the most powerful and the wind. And they said, whoever can get that coat off of that man, the fastest, that's the person who has the most power. 
And some of you might know the story. And you're like, I know the ending. But of course, the wind blew and blew and blew. And the man just held his coat even tighter to him to keep it on. Whereas the sun just came and just in moments, the man just took the coat off. And um, the more that I learn about what loving myself really meant. And there is a huge difference, Marla, between unconditional love and conditional love. And I was very conditional to myself. Mm -hmm. I would say things like, unless you wear these pants, you're not acceptable. Unless you don't um, have a your house a certain way, your house isn't good enough. Unless your kids um, have certain marks in school, then otherwise you're not a good mom. And so that's all very conditional and that feels terrible. Well, I haven't thought of that story for a long time. I love it. I think that it's, it's brilliant for one thing, but the conditional way that even just treating our children, like the conditional way of like, or thinking of ourselves as a mother, if my kids don't do this, then I'm not this. And I hadn't thought of that as the difference between conditional and unconditional love, Mm -hmm. because I would think that I would, unconditionally love my children, but here I am unconditionally, I mean, conditionally loving myself mm-hmm. by only by how they perform or whatever. So I think those are amazing ways to talk about this. I'm going to think a lot more about unconditional and conditional yeah. has to do yeah. with the way that I talk to myself. Well, and it's interesting because uh, one of the big shifts for me was thinking about the way that I was taught and, and I feel like, you know, I, I, all the love to all the parents, because I do have this, I do believe like every parent has done the best they could. Like, I, I really don't think my, my parents purposely woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to teach my daughter how to conditionally love herself. Right. <laughs> right. No, but there's a lot of messages out there. I mean, think about our advertising. They say you cannot really be happy unless you are thin, unless you look the certain way. And if you have this kind of car and you have this kind of house, so they have set us up to be very conditional with ourselves. And so as you take a step back in your own experience and uh, give yourself permission to connect, like you talk about connections, connect with yourself and say, Hey, what's going on? Like, how come you're overweight? Like, how come you, how come you keep coming back to this place where you, you know, you'll, you'll use a deprivation and you lose a bunch of weight, but then you just put that weight back on, like what's going on. And so that's a very different um, way of talking to yourself. That's using compassion. And actually before you can even get to compassion, my number one emotion was curiosity. Mm, And because a curiosity doesn't have judgment. Curiosity is like, Hey, that's interesting. What's going on? Like, and I'm, I'm saying it, you can tell the difference of like, compassion is like, what's going on, Dara? Like, hey, girl, like, what's up? Versus like, hey, that's interesting. Why did you like eat that donut when you had kind of talked about not doing that, right? So it's that curiosity. And I, and the curiosity went the other way too of like, maybe I could be, be a, a lady or a person that doesn't eat for celebrations. Maybe I could be a person that doesn't have to eat all the time during vacation. Maybe I could be the person that doesn't always have to have chocolate everywhere she goes. Maybe I could be the person that makes dinner without like eating chocolate chips the whole time. Maybe I could be her. And just, just that level of curiosity was like so 
relieving to me. Like maybe I, and my, I was funny because I was like, maybe I could do Halloween without candy. Maybe I could do an anniversary without cake. Like maybe I could. I love that. Curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity before compassion. Yeah, I always totally. Passion first. Love that. Because it's hard to get to compassion, especially yeah. when you like are doing things out of such a negative place. Yeah. That would have saved me so many, so much time to, mm-hmm. if I would have heard about being curious before compassionate, because I would say I've come to compassion for myself now, but I skipped the curiosity. Yeah. And another one, I just actually, uh, she gave it, um, this is something I do, but I got a word for it on Saturday. I was listening to a podcast and she, uh, talked about shame resistance, resilience, resilience. So, um, we operate either from, I'm not good enough, or, uh, we blame like if we had different parents or if we like lived on the other side of the track, or if I had a better teacher to inspire me, like whatever, that's some sort of blame. And so I, my go-to was I'm not good enough. I'm never good enough. And so learning to have shame resilience of like, yeah, that's how I do it. I, I just, I, I have this thing where it's just like this old tape in my head. I just feel like I'm not good enough. And so when I'm going to go, um, do something, I could just be like, Oh, I'm feeling shame right now. It's like, okay, you can be with me. It's like, it's okay. You're allowed to have, you're okay. It's fine. You can feel some shame. It's okay. Like nothing's gone wrong. Cause this is how you've operated for the last 45 years. Right. There since I can remember pretty much. I felt like, cause my, I never cleaned my room good enough. I never cleaned the bathroom good enough. So I interpreted that as me being not good enough. Whereas my mom was just trying to teach me to have a clean bathroom. Right. And in her way, she thought she was being helpful, but I interpreted of, I'm never going to be good enough. I never will meet up. So learning, learning to just accept things how they are and just saying like, okay, I get that I have this tendency. All right. That's fine. We can just be, feel that way. Yeah. And move on from there. Mm -hmm. This is why I love so much learning about how our brain reacts is the way that it works is different than what it's not like it's not who we are mm-hmm. it's our brain and how it's been taught well how it was created well let me give you part. a really good analogy so okay. our thoughts we have everyone has different like there's so many different theories out there scientific result, reports whatever but i think around 60,000 thoughts a day that's approximately so and then our thoughts come so our emotions actually are always from our thoughts so I gave the example that, uh, this morning of a baby. So baby is a circumstance. We can just look at a baby and people say, oh no, babies are cute. But babies aren't cute when they're yelling and you're in an airplane for three hours and they keep crying the whole time. Babies, some babies actually are cuter than other babies. Like the only reason we feel like love or admiration for a baby is from our thought about that baby. So every emotion we have comes from our thoughts. That is just the way things are. So, um, imagine you're at the grocery store and you finished filling up your cart and now you're at the checkout and you put all of your groceries on the conveyor belt there. And some random guy starts putting groceries on your conveyor belt (laughs) and the checkout. And you're like, I'm not buying that. I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Like I didn't do that. And so it's the same thing with our thoughts. 
we have thoughts like we have thoughts from advertisers like you're not allowed to like love yourself until you're thin right that's an advertisement um you're not allowed to feel good about your house if it doesn't look like it's on hgtv Mm. in the after part i mean if it's before like so so we have thoughts that come but just because they come doesn't mean we have to buy them doesn't mean we have to keep them and so when i talk about um you know, the, the, this idea of like losing weight without counting calories and uh, tracking steps, we lose weight by learning how to go into our thoughts because everything we do in life is because we want to feel a certain way. But if we're not aware of our thoughts, then we're having all these emotions happening without us even like owning it. So we feel out of control and it feels really scary. Yeah. That's what adds to over feeling burdened is because you're right. adding all those thoughts without right. sifting them out. Right. And that totally. does get heavy. Yeah. Now you would talk to me about, uh, surv- uh our brain works in two different levels. There's mm-hmm. where you, um, are surviving mm-hmm. and the other is thriving. So thriving. I mean, we can talk about, so there's lower brain and higher brain and it's, right. it's actually pretty simple. As humans, we are our instincts. So just like bears, their instinct is to hibernate, right? So they spend a lot of time eating and then they sleep for a long time. Like they are born with that. That's an instinct. So we as humans are born with instincts. And one of the instincts is to stay alive. And in order to keep us alive, we have, um, if we perceive danger or anything that's, that is like, could be, um, you know, scary or life threatening. Um, we can either fight, we can either flight, like we can fly away, we can run away, we can freeze. So like you think about the rabbit that just freezes. Mm-hmm. And then there's a the fourth one, it's called fawn. And the fawning is really fascinating. And because it, it puts us into people pleasing mode. It puts us in this place of like, I need to make other people like me so that I will stay alive. Because rejection, like you think about in our ancestors, if you were rejected from the tribe, you were, you were out. Like my ancestors came to Utah actually, um, in, in hand carts and wagons and every night they would go in a circle and people would be watching them, like making sure there's no like wolves or buffalo or coyotes or whatever. And so, but if you did something that made people not like you, like if you said, you know, went against the grain or whatever, you literally were, you would die. But now, so that's good. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that we have this instincts to survive, but we also have a higher brain. And we also have, we live in a society where we have police officers, we have houses, we have um, windows, we have ways to protect ourselves. And in fact, uh, I was just doing some brain research and Dr. Job Dispenza, he has a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. He actually said that, um, and this is a big part about our hormones keeping us safe. Like, so hormones are just three, we need to balance the hormones in our body. Um, we have leptin and ghrelin and insulin because insulin is our fat storing hormone. But if our cortisol is too high, it influences how well the other hormones can work. And, um, and he said, if we're staying too long in emergency mode, fight or flight is using up the energy your internal environment needs. And then I liked um, here he said, living the survival, living in survival causes us to focus on the 
0.00001% instead of the 99.99999% of reality. Because we really do have so much more safety than we ever have. Like we don't have to really worry that much about walking down the street. Right. Okay. Like we're pretty safe. We don't have to worry about a cougar or any of those dangers or even like, you know, well, if you're in certain cities or certain areas at certain times of night, then the chances are a little bit higher. Yeah. But really realistically, we are very, very safe. So we can be in our higher brain and that can serve us. The one thing I was going to ask you, so there's, I think we're all pretty familiar with fight, flight and freeze, but what, tell me even how you spell fawn. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's F-A-W-N. Okay. That's what I would guess, but I didn't know for sure. Cause I hadn't heard that as one of the survival. Yeah. yeah. Is that a new thing or is yeah, that it's a- fairly new? I've been hearing it just recently. And I, I, um, I heard it. I just did another podcast interview, um, with a, tr- uh, she is a chronic pain coach and she talked a lot about that where, um, it really is a way people pleasing is a survival strategy. In fact, I talk in my program of perfectionism, people pleasing and procrastination are the triple P. Those are all ways that we as little girls learned how to survive. And, um, which also brings me back to the food because if our mothers like yelled at us and we're just little and we don't know how to make ourselves feel better, if we can go in the pantry and get some peanut butter or some coconut or something like we actually do get a dopamine hit from that food and it is a survival strategy to eat food. Right. And so, and there is a, the problem is like food does have like, let's say um, there's not a lot of food around and there's crickets. So even eating crickets, you'll get a dopamine hit and that there's like natural dopamine that releases when you eat food so that the body is saying, good job. We like that you're feeding us. So the problem that's confusing is when you turn the peanut butter or the coconut, or that was my case, right? When I was a little girl. Um, so we do get an actual natural dopamine, dopamine release when we eat food, but then we have that false pleasure and that increased amount of the, the dopamine that comes from the sugar or the refined flour that comes from that. And so now we've developed a pattern that's really subconscious and it's a pattern that actually works in the moment. But of course, um, when you've overburdened yourself and you keep doing that, uh, you can't fight with the science. You're going to, you're going to overload your body with more calories, more energy than it requires. And so it gets stored. I call them Jerry cans, right? (laughs) Like if you keep filling up your car with gas and you don't drive enough, then the, 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 they're like, Hey, I don't have any more space to store you gas. Because the gas tank is pretty full. So then you get jerry cans, which are like, you know, just gas. In Canada, we call them jerry cans. But um, so now we're walking around with all these extra jerry cans on our body. And so what I teach you, I teach my ladies in my program, is how do you get out of being a a storage unit and like using your body? And so like you, you don't physically have to carry this burden around with you. You guys, can you see why I just think Dara is amazing? She's got all this information that changes the way you look at the way, why you're eating food and like just all the processes that go about what you think of when you're eating or not thinking in the most cases. But anyway, I just think you've got so much great information and um, I love the program that you do. It's called Love Yourself Thin. Would you tell us about that and any other programs that you have going on? Yeah. So. 
as I shared in my little uh, my story, my quick two minute story of how this all happened for me of love yourself, then I realized when I unconditionally loved myself, and I really just ate food to take care of myself. And to, I mean, I've spent my whole life, I was I have like younger siblings that I always took care of. Uh, there was three boys and three girls in my family. I was the middle. And then uh, well, I was the I was the third. And so I had these three younger siblings that I was always taking care of. And then I uh, was a school teacher. And so I was taking care of all these kids. And then I had my own children. And so I spent so much time and energy taking care of them. And I always put myself last. And when I realized that when I took care of myself with the same love and devotion as I did these other people, then I just naturally wanted to eat food that made me feel good always. Like I didn't want to have to have that five minutes after bloating and overwhelmed and all that, like in that really negative stuff. When I started really caring about myself, I just naturally turned to foods that just made me feel better. And when I was feeling overwhelmed and I wanted to go for the snack, I realized I was just feeling some things that I wasn't really loving and that's okay. And I just gave myself permission just to like be with that negative emotion. And it's totally fine. My program, Love Yourself Thin, is a lifetime membership. So you pay once and you're in for life. You get my 12 modules that teach. I have five vital steps to permanent weight loss. One is weight loss science is simple. Two, you create your own eating protocol and learn how to troubleshoot it. I would never pretend to tell people what to eat all day, every day. I was telling my clients today, you have to make your own golden ticket. Like so many of us go for the diets thinking, okay, this is going to be it. They're going to, they're going to solve all the problems for me, but we're all super unique and different. You, I teach you the tools to make your own golden ticket, how to make your own diet. Um, like the way that you eat the food that you consume, I call it a protocol to help you. Um, the third vital step is that you learn the brain body connection. That's where our emotions come from is from our thoughts. And so we connect our brain and our body, which so many women, they don't even realize how big they are or whatever their body looks like because they just they just don't feel comfortable in their brain or their body. And then the fourth vital step is taking responsibility for yourself. And then the fifth is learn how to build self-confidence. I teach you all of that through 12 modules and they have videos and workbooks and all of that. And then to support women to really embrace all of these tools, we have three live coaching calls a week. We have an awesome Facebook community and I always have um, lots of uh, extra bonus classes and, and deep dives into things. So, cause we're always learning. I promote just constantly learning. So yeah. that you can find on my website, darathomason.com. I have, um, and then this, this is airing October 9th. Well, we're already a few days in, but you're, you can totally join us. We have a 90 day challenge. So I actually take the five vital steps and I made a 30 day cycle of like really mastering those steps. And I, I take you for different worksheets and different parts. And then, uh, we go through it two more times and we go a little higher and a little higher. So we build on that, those concepts. So you can join us. It's an amazing workbook. I felt like I gave birth when I created it. It's like so amazing. Um, it took me a long time to make it because I really, of all the experiences I had and everything to just help these women to create their own amazing program. I have women that my program have lost 80 pounds, 90 pounds. I don't know what they eat. It doesn't matter because they've learned how to create their own amazing successes because we're all super amazing and awesome in our own way. And I wouldn't want to take your 
awesome skills and tell you that you're deficient, but because you are amazing, you just haven't learned to think about yourself that way. Cause losing weight is like a skill, just like tying shoelaces. And it's so like, we're just going to learn it and we're just going to keep learning. And then you can make it your own. You have your own flair. So you guys see that there has a ton of really great content that she has prepared and ready to share with you. I remember when you got that 90 day challenge already, you posted something about giving birth to this. I was like, yeah. Oh, I totally get that. Anyway. Um, so you can find all of your things at darathomason.com. Is there anywhere else yeah. that you'd like? Yeah. To so I'm on Instagram at Dara underscore Thomason. So my podcast is actually called love yourself in. And then my website has pretty much everything on it. And then, but it is fun to, I, I pretty much do a story every day on Instagram. I love connecting with my ladies. I love, um, and most, and most of my ladies are between the ages of 45 to 75. And so it's just really fun to watch them change generational habits and they're influencing their children and grandchildren and neighbors and we never know the ripple effects of our lives. And so yeah. for them to do this is just, it just warms my heart. So true. All of that. And there really is a fun follow on Instagram. So if you want to be inspired constantly, follow her on that. It's, it's been a lot of fun to get to know Dara. And I'm so grateful that I got to share her with you today here on our podcast. And I hope that we can continue to connect there. I think that you're an amazing person. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And so are you. All right. Take care, everyone. I'm so glad you showed up for you today. Remember, the connections you make with yourself are powerful, and that will spread to the people you love the most. Sending lots of love to you as always. Make it a great day, and I'll talk with you again next week.